All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Can you see it? Did you comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser in with a shot he scores moment's notice it arms You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network Podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks conversation delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. You can use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined as always remotely for the first time since we switched to our new format by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Allard. Chris Faber is high above Rogers Arena, and I would be there with him instead. There it is. Lou is filling in. Lou the Elephant is filling in for me. Uh, I'm just chilling at home, as you can see on the live chat and the live video. I got my comfy on, my big blanket hoodie. Do you have one of these, Chris? Uh, no, but I got my fiance one of those uh, one of those red ones. It's like a Christmas-themed one. She likes it around Christmas time. So it's good because I like to keep the house extremely cold at all times. The AC is still on in this place right here. Um, but that allows me to wear nice yeah, shirts like I'm wearing today. We're matching colors, you and I quads. I look, uh, you know, one of my new shirts here. Feeling good about it. Collared, looking good. Yeah, cold isn't flying at my house. I'll tell you that much. It's it's not happening. I I got the heat on all the time. I'm 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 no. I need it to be warm. But let's get to it, Chris. It's BX tonight. Oh yeah, baby. Kevin BX tonight. Canucks and Ducks. 
Can we get can we get a photo of this, Alex? Right off the top, we got uh, Kevin BX who took skate this morning with the Vancouver Canucks. He made it through like one drill uh, before getting off the ice pretty quickly after that. But uh, I know he made some jokes about it uh, when speaking to the media as well, and, and even made fun of Quinn Hughes giving him some burgers for passes. Uh, so uh, it, it was interesting. Like I, we're all sitting there, the media, we're just watching, and then. Um, the Canucks, I think, posted the video like pretty much immediately. But Bieksa taking the ice was was pretty funny and something that it, uh, I don't think a lot of us saw coming today uh, at practice. The two number threes here you can see on the YouTube, uh, Jack Rathman, who we'll get to him in a little bit. He's behind bars still. But uh, him and, and Kevin Bieksa uh, skating on the ice. So that was that was a little bit of an interesting wrinkle to to this morning's practice. I wanted to quickly just touch on what Bo Horvat and yeah, like you said, Jack Rathbone's still behind bars, and of course we're going to talk about that. But I did want to also, just, sorry, just for the live live uh, viewers, that photo of Jack Rathbone staring at Bieksa looks like he was just delivered the news that Bieksa is now playing ahead of him uh, in the Canucks lineup. And honestly, it feels like everybody is going to get a shot before Jack Rathbone gets a real shot with this team, and we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it soon, but first, this is about Kevin Bieksa. I want to talk about Kevin Bieksa and what Bo Horvat had to say about Kevin Bieksa just being the ultimate leader, uh, you know, the ultimate teammate, all that sort of stuff. And, he, you know, they only played together for one year, but Bo was talking about how Bieksa was giving him crap about his weight in his first year, how Bo, Bo said that, yeah, you know, you're not always playing all the time. You're not playing a ton and, uh, you know, you eat pretty good here. So it kind of got away from him a little bit. And that was just really funny to hear, uh, hear Horvat kind of talk about that. But again, Horvat talking about how BX is the ultimate leader, the ultimate teammate, all that sort of stuff. Uh, someone sent me a joke immediately uh, after seeing that I'm doing this from home, and they said, "Was too much? Was yesterday just too much for you?" And yeah, it was. Like my voice was hurting after that. Did not feel great after that. Uh, but you know what? We put it all out there, and the chat was here early. Shout out to the chat for being here before the show even started. Oh yeah, uh, talking about that rant. Ninety percent of people seemed like they liked it, but the other ten percent were very upset about it. So. Whatever. We'll yeah. get to it another time. Shout out to Knucklehead, Alien Pete, Lisa. They were all in here uh, a little bit earlier, uh, getting in here into the chat, and we see the chat's uh, filling up very quickly here. By the way, Jet Wu joining us uh, in about 10 minutes' time. He's going to join us here at one fifteen. if you're listening to this live. Uh, excited to get Jet on the show here in a little bit. Uh, but we got the bottom feeders battle tonight. You can pull up the standings here, Alex. The bottom feeders of the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Anaheim Ducks. Squaring off tonight, it is a interesting game to kind of set up tonight because these two teams have been struggling we obviously see the Vancouver Canucks worst in the league right now and the Anaheim Ducks I got to bring it up here they're riding a two-game winning streak right now they've only got three wins on the season two of those wins have come over the last two games they just beat the Leafs 4-3 in overtime on Saturday night which was obviously a big win for the Ducks and a horrendous loss for the Leafs, as we saw, uh, if you if you ended up watching or paying any attention to some of the Toronto media over the last couple of days, uh, but they ended up winning last night, uh, so the Leafs are back. And by the way, our Betway bet just hammered yesterday again. Uh, we are crushing it this week. I think we've hit every single day, just so people know. Betway, bet, bet, Betway, Betway, Betway. We'll get to that later. Uh, but then they also the the Ducks. That is, they ended up beating the Sharks in the shootout uh, by a score of six to five. So lots of goals being scored by the Ducks over the past couple games, and it's going to be interesting to see how that matches up against the Vancouver Canucks, who, by the way, have changed up their lines again. So we'll, we'll get to these lines right now uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. We still see the top six staying the same. Connor Garland, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, they're going to be the top line. Ilya Mikheyev, Elias Pettersson, and Andre Kuzmenko playing on the second pairing together. But Sheldon Dries gets the call-up today. And the call-up is going to send him right into the lineup. He's going to be centering a line of Tanner Pearson and Vasily Podkolzin. And our fourth line tonight, Dakota Joshua, Niels Amon, and Jack Studnika, who confirmed a little bit on how to pronounce his name today, which was nice. The name I didn't mention there in the top 12 quads, Niels Huglander. Doesn't look like he's going to be in the lineup tonight. He didn't take part in any of the line rushes today. Uh, when they went to the power play units, there was three players down on the other end of the ice. One was Huglander. The other one was Rathbone and Burroughs. What do you think about Huglander potentially being a scratch tonight from the way the lines looked? Look, I don't have the energy to do this today, Chris. I'm not doing this again. I'm just, I'm not doing it. I've said it before. Free Jack. I'm pointing to a comment instead. Kai Howard jumped in the chat early and said, how are Hogs, Rathbone, Burroughs, the odd men out after last game? If they can't play against one of the worst teams in the NHL, when can they play? Respectfully, we know who Drys and Stillman are. I completely agree with Kai here. And I just want to point out 
This is the 32nd 32nd ranked penalty kill going up against the 31st ranked penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Special teams are going to play a huge part tonight. Look, if like like Kai said, if you can't get Rathbone specifically, I want to focus on Rathbone because of course I do. If you can't get Rathbone into the lineup against you know, arguably the only team worse than you in the league right now, based on uh, based on standings and a couple of other things. If he can't get in against Anaheim, who is he going to get in against? Like we are heading to the Canucks tanking all of Jack Rathbone's trade value and then having to trade him for next to nothing. Like that's what we're going toward. And again, I understand you know Bruce Boudreaux's idea that. Well, you know, Stillman's a stay-at-home guy. Bears a little bit of a better skater than Myers is, so maybe he'll work better with OEL. And that was Boudreaux's um, explanation for the line combinations tonight. But you still got to find a way to get Jack Rathbone in that lineup. And today, people were tweeting their line combinations at me after I tweeted hashtag free Jack. There were a lot of good ones. And you know what, Chris? None of them had OEL in there. And again, if you have a game as bad as the OEL had on Tuesday night against the Devils, and we've talked about it, I'm not going to get into it again. I'm not going to rip on one guy. But if you play like that, Jack Rathbone needs to be playing ahead of you, right? Like, I'm not I'm not going to get into this again, but we all know I probably will. I'm going to do my best. But again, we've talked about how Jack Rathbone not only is one of the better defensemen on this team. Look, Canucks have won two of the three games that he's played in. He's watched them lose seven times from the press box, okay? It's that simple. Or sorry, it's not that simple, sure. But Jack Rathbone, you have long-term ideas with, if that makes sense. Like, you want him to develop more... more into more than what he is now. And I think that's what the problem is. We're seeing, you know, the justification be, well, Stillman's a stay-at-home guy. He's he's fine with Myers. Maybe he gives you a marginally better chance at winning the game, although I would I would very much so disagree with that. Maybe he gives you a better chance now. Sure, like, I, I'll even give you that. Maybe he gives you a better chance now than Rathbone does. But Riley Stillman's not developing into a top-four defenseman, which is what he's going to be used as in an NHL game tonight. Jack Rathbone has that potential to become one of those top four puck moving defensemen, which the Canucks need him to be. I don't understand where we're going with this. Like again, I don't honestly, like I I don't really understand uh, the thought process behind keeping Rathbone and hell even Burroughs keeping Burroughs out of the lineup again. It's just, it's a, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Like I would rather see Kyle Burroughs, and Jack Rathbone skate on the same pairing. And even if you want to keep OEL in the lineup that bad, um, you know, you, you've got the idea of uh, either Rathbone Burroughs on the same pair. And then, you know, you didn't have to make some tough decisions there, but there's a world where Stillman and OEL come out and you just put in Rathbone Burroughs together, right? Like yeah. there's a world where that's your pairing where you have a Rathbone bear pairing. And then you put Burroughs with Myers Burroughs playing the left side. Like, again, I'm, I don't want to get too into this. Everybody knows I already probably have, but it's just, it, in my mind, OEL shouldn't be playing after that game. He shouldn't. We're seeing that in the chat. A ton of people agreeing with what you're saying about OEL not being in the lineup. Uh, I, I can't even name all the names. There's so many in here talking about OEL shouldn't be in here. Or even, you know, Sonny Demott's calling it uh, calling OEL the tank commander uh, at this point. And I mean, huh. I, I completely agree with you. I think from what you saw on Tuesday night and the team that you have coming in here on Thursday... To me, like the the Spencer Martin start, which we'll get to a little bit later, is is to me was was a no brainer. I think you want to go with Spencer Martin to shake up the team a little bit and set them up to have success against this Ducks team. I would have really thought the same thing could have happened to some players on the defense core. And whether you look at it as just like a maintenance day or whatever you want to call it for OEL, give him the night off. You're playing against one of the worst teams in the NHL. You have Jack Rathbone here, who you you know I agree with pretty much everything you just said uh, in your mini rant. So you know. You, whatever you're going to show up tomorrow, you keep ranting like this quads, you're not going to show up here at all. But with Rathbun, I completely agree. I think, think about it. He's on a two-year deal with this Vancouver Canucks team. They were expecting him to be an NHLer. I think a lot of fans are expecting him to be an NHLer. And I think a lot of people were hoping that he was actually going to be given the opportunity to look like an NHLer. He's not getting that at this point. And Jack Rathbun's a player who, but there's a spot for Jack Rathbun on a lot of NHL teams. To play on their third pairing in a role where, yeah, you're not like playing 20 minutes a night, but you're at least playing in a game and bringing something, what I believe is pretty dynamic to a third pairing. And I don't think Rathbone is the type of person to be like, you know what, this sucks. I want out of this organization. But players like Jack Rathbone and the people that he, like the type of person that he is, this is why people like that have to have an agent, right? Because I don't think the agent's very happy with what's going on with Jack Rathbone right now. How could he be? Right, Rathbone, we talked about it yesterday. He's been in the lineup for three games. The Canucks have won two of them. 
He's been in, out of the lineup for seven games. The Canucks have lost all of them. Like, this is what agents do. They want to get their players some playing time. Jack Rathbone's on a two-year contract, and he's hoping to make a lot more money after that contract expires. If he's sitting out for, you know, 80% of the games, he's not getting paid very much money after this contract expires. And the way that the Canucks keep bringing in these left-shot defensemen who just don't move the needle at all, it is limiting the chance for Jack Rathbone to be able to even have the potential to move the needle, which is a player who, man, he, he improved, I think, so much last year. And I just don't think... He's a defensive liability, and I think that might be the reason why people like why he's being kept out of the lineup is the thought that he might be a liability in the defensive zone. I just don't think he is. Like I, I don't think he's going to hurt you in his own zone. He's not like listen. He's not going to be like prime Shea Weber like defensive zone just pushing everyone around and completely shutting down passing areas. But like I think he skates well enough to get on players, and, and though he might not be the strongest player, he's going to be at least you know, up to par with what we've seen with the rest of the Canucks defense core in their own zone. Like, it, it seems ridiculous to me that we're not seeing him in the lineup because of the dynamic features that he's going to be able to bring with his puck moving and his play in the offensive zone. I, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I It is a little head-scratching to see Rathbone not get into the lineup right now. Yeah, and again, like, it, it, it it's both in the short term and the long term. Again, I agree with you. I don't see uh, this complete inability to defend like some people would want you to believe like Rathbone's fast he's a good skater and again like someone in the chat even pointed out I was Yako shout out Yako our listener in Finland said Canucks are going to struggle against the duck speed they struggled against the devil's speed it was the same song and dance and again I think that's partly why OEL struggled so much was his foot speed was just off he had bad reads which we're not used to seeing from OEL but like the mobility was just gone last game for OEL. And again, this is why I don't want to rip on the guy too much because we can't confirm it yet, but the guy's got to be playing through something, right? Which like, like if he is, why last year, why are you still putting him out there if he is? at Even if he's dealing with the minor, the most minor thing that, that you have options, you have a great option sitting there with Jack Rathbone. He was on the ice for three goals the other day, OEL was. Not on the ice for the empty netter. Three of the four goals that were actually scored on the goaltender, OEL's on the ice for. And I think, at, you know, not to blame all of the goals on him, but to a certain degree, I mean, that two-on-one that John Marino had the stretch pass, that's on OEL allowing that two-on-one. And then the the, the bad giveaway from Hod Coles and while they're on the power play, I mean, that isn't 100% on OEL, but you, you hope that he can have a little bit better defending there. I'm, yeah, a little blown away here. Can Alex, can you pull up the, uh, the Ducks lines here? Let's just have a quick look at the Ducks before we get to... Uh, Jet Wu, who's going to be joining us in just a minute here. Uh, looking at what the, the Ducks are going to put together here, uh, Adam Henrique, Trevor Zegris, and Frank Vetrano uh, on their top line. Troy Terry, he's playing on the second line. He's leading the team right now, 12 points in 10 games, uh, and Zegris leading the way in goals with six. Uh, we're not going to see Jamie Drysdale tonight. He is still injured, so that's a good thing for the Canucks if you're looking to bet on them potentially being winners tonight. But, um, you know, there, there is some skill when you look throughout this this Ducks lineup. They're not just, you know, a team that is in 100% tank mode. They have some skill there on this team. They do, absolutely. And again, I'm, I'm thinking Mason McTavish is really going to come alive this season. He was my pick to win the Calder. I know Shane Pinto's been fantastic uh, in Ottawa. Shane Pinto, actually, I, I read this. I don't know if you caught this. Uh, he had the best goals per game for the first month of a rookie season in the NHL uh, since Elias Pettersson did it. Wow. Uh, in his first season with the Canucks. And again, we all remember that month with Pedersen, right? Pinto's Pinto's putting up goals. He's not putting up assists like Pedersen was, but Pinto's scoring a lot of goals. So again, like I know we both picked our guys for the for the Calder. I picked McTavish, but Pinto, I've been surprised by Pinto. And again, we're not going to get too into Shane Pinto. Uh, I know this is about the Anaheim Ducks and their lineup, <laughs> but you're right. They're no slouch. Like it's not going to be an easy win. And I understand there's no easy win in the NHL, but look like this is a fast team, right? Like Troy Terry's on this team's second line, as we just saw. Troy Terry's a good goal scorer in the NHL. I'm. It's not going to be an easy win. It's not going to be an easy win for the Canucks by any means. Obviously, you hope that they can get up for uh, Kevin Bieksa night, right? He, I, you know, he shared that he had um, gave the players a little bit of a speech and talked a lot about culture and you hope that that message resonated a little bit because what they had back then when Bieksa was on the team compared to what they have now, it's night and day. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's get to our guest here. Plays a little bit. Maybe appreciated the way that Kevin Bieksa played. Uh, Jet Wu joining us now from the Abbotsford Canucks. Jet, any memories of Kevin Bieksa? Do you have any growing up watching him? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, none going up, but just uh, I know when I was drafted, I saw the you know Twitter and my buddies telling me you know just kind of what he was about. So obviously when I watched some of his videos and fights, so kind of funny you're talking about him now and then what he's doing and um, signing that one day uh, you know contract whatever it was but cool to see it it's pretty cool to see a veteran out there like you know a retired guy on the ice we were a little shocked today he actually took the morning skate with the team uh, and surprised us a little bit yeah. was even lining up with Quinn Hughes as a pairing so uh, it's going to be an interesting night obviously here in Vancouver but you guys got another big weekend here uh, hey Jet how was opening weekend for you I mean it was nice to get back in the Abbotsford Center obviously uh, see all the fans for you what takeaways did you have from the opening weekend for you guys out there yeah it was exciting um, you know it felt like forever since we played a home game um, you know, last year playing uh, in Winnipeg and then Bakersfield to end off the season and then playing a couple of road games before our home opener. So uh, to, to go in and to, to win the first game in front of a big crowd, it was exciting. And uh, I know we all had a lot of jitters before, but it was, a, it was a good game and we had a lot of fun. Okay, so you'll have to uh, forgive me for my comfy. I completely forgot that we were having a <laughs> guest on the show, so I took off my hood. Uh, you know what? I, I think you, I have but... the same one. I might have the same one. Do you one. really? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I have fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's go. awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, fantastic. Well, now I'm more excited to even talk to you. So, um, <laughs> you channeled your inner Kevin Bxo with that hit that we saw uh, on the weekend. What was going through your head there? It, it, it was the hit heard around the world. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, you know, honestly, at the time, I didn't even think it was you know that big of a hit or anything. Um, I just kind of saw the play develop, and then I saw their guy was was kind of leaving the zone and. Um, I just kind of tried to rush back and get him, and I was I was telling everyone I, I was so surprised that he actually tried to to toe drag there, because um, <laughs> I'm just like I'm watching it now, and he ha- he had a lane to shoot it or try to drive, um, but I had the perfect I guess gap and angle for it to, to hit him, and he just kind of lined it up for me. Um, grab my stick, turn around, I see Kalanuk going fake slap shot on the blue line, going past it for for a goal, and. I just remember selling and pumping up the crowd from our own blue line all the way to the huddle. So uh, it, it was it was pretty funny. And then just getting to the bench, and everyone was all hyped up about it. It was, it was a good feeling. I got to think the, the bench just going absolutely nuts on that. Like, I know you guys have had some pretty fun moments in your time <laughs> with this organization. But, man, like any any bigger hyped up moment than that one, Jed? I mean, the fact that you lay this huge hit, you guys come down and just make a great passing play to score a goal. <laughs> like, I'm sure everybody was just going nuts in the arena at the time. That's, that's I think, in my yeah, eyes, yeah. The, the loudest we've ever heard the Abbotsford Center. Aside from maybe the, the cheers for Noah Juleson when he gets introduced. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, there's been a couple of exciting moments, but I think um, to hear the crowd that loud without, you know, a goal horn sound, um, just all natural, I think that was pretty exciting. And then the, the fact that they went and finished off the play down the other end was just, the, you know, the icing. So uh, it, was, uh, it was a really cool feeling. Jet, it's been a challenge for players everywhere, right? But for yourself, how has the COVID pandemic kind of affected your development as a younger guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, everyone's kind of gone through a different. Um, everyone has their own, um, 
you know, what they want to say about COVID. I know when I had COVID, it hit me pretty hard the first time I was in Utica. Um, I think it took me about 16 days or 17 days. And, um, you know, I, I grew up with asthma, so it kind of hit me pretty hard and breathing and everything. Um, but, you know, getting through that and then coming to Abbotsford last year and thinking, you know, it was kind of starting to go away and then it came back. I think for me, it was tough. You know, um, I had, I think I had my first injury with maybe it was, I think maybe it was a, uh, I think it was a concussion. Um, and then came back, then I had COVID, you know, missed a couple, little couple of games for that, came back for a game and then hurt my wrist um, out for seven and a half weeks. I think it was just a lot of ups and downs for me. Couldn't really get a feel for the game, but um, you know, coming into this season, I feel a lot better. And um, I, I, you know, I feel like these last couple of games, I've been able to find my game, you know, skate, you know, move my feet, and um, it's been paying off. So I'm, I'm happy for this season right now. And I think Canucks fans, they, they look at you being drafted in the second round, seeing development over the past couple of years. You mentioned it there. Like, it, there has been a lot of bumps in the road. How, how good are you just feeling after, you know, having an offseason and being able to work on your game, come back? I know speaking to Jeremy Carlton on the weekend, he says he's been very impressed in what you're bringing this year. Uh, he obviously didn't have you last year, but to see what you're bringing to this team right now, you seem to be a guy who's fitting in the top four of that defense core pretty good. Like, how, how much better are you feeling this season than maybe over the past couple, Chet? Yeah, a lot. And I think one thing that I did this um, off season was compared to every other season, everyone, you know, goes to the gym, works out, lifts, everyone skates. Um, this year I really took the, the time to go over video and watch my shifts over during the summer um, and kind of see where my best games were compared to my worst games. Because I know there are times where um, I felt like I had, you know, really good games. And then there's times obviously where I didn't, and I just didn't know where, um, where I was kind of going wrong during the season. So I took that time in the off season to kind of figure it out. And uh, I think so far I've been able to find my game. I, I had a great camp, and, I was, and um, you know felt good there. And I think for me it's just consistency now, and, and to show that I can do it, you know, night in night out, and, and be reliable. So third season now in the AHL. How much better do you feel about yourself playing in this league? Uh, you know, we talked about bumps in the road on the way here, but this season, like, you know, you must feel pretty at home right now in the AHL, and, and probably you know, starting to look down the road at, you know, potentially getting a call up to the NHL down the road here. Yeah, I think um, just, you know, my confidence is is a little bit more, I think, um, being able to know the system and how, you know, practices are run, um, what the coaches expect, I think are all big things for me. So, um, you know, I can look back at my, my first three or four years in junior, you know, my first two years, you know, a little bit nervous or hesitant at times, you know, jumping up or making a pass or even speaking out in practice, asking questions. But, uh, you know, my third year was was a little bit more of a leadership role, you know, expecting more of myself. And I think that's kind of like what it is now. Um, and we got a lot of leaders in the dressing room that just makes it a lot easier. How are you liking the new head coach here? Obviously, you had Trent Cole for a couple of years. Jeremy Calton comes in. This guy's got a ton of experience for how young he is uh obviously him in yeah. the shl uh, al spence some some play over there in sweden but also nhl ahl like how's the the new coach fitting with you no it's, it's been great and um you know i think everyone else would be saying the same thing uh yeah we had trent i had trent for two years and now to, to have jc's is i'm excited i think i've had two really good coaches so um like i said i don't think anyone's got you know anything bad to say and um you know, even just the little things, like you know, practicing or back checking or getting off the ice quick, and, and just the little things that we're working on to, um, you know, take over a game is is you know you wouldn't expect or you wouldn't think to do. So it's another it's another way to look at the game, and it's good for all of us. I know uh, Quads probably wants to ask this question, but Archer Seelovs, young guy, still what twenty one years old, I think, uh, taking a big jump, looking like your guys have started this year. How much better is he looking this year compared to even last year? Yeah, yeah, no, you, you're bang on, and, and um, you know we we have two really good goalies, and when Mikey was here, he's a good goalie too. So, uh, you know, we we have a lot of confidence in them, and they're fun to have in their room. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely not a lot of things you, bad you can say about them either. All right, we've been asking all the Abbotsford Canucks players this uh, about the fishing out there, Jed. I know you're you're record holder for catfish out there. Uh, in, in Manitoba as well. But um, we heard last week from John Stevens told us that though Vinny Arsenault, all he does is talk about fishing and, and lobster fishing and all this, he's been striking out pretty hard, I hear, on the river. What's going on there? That's what Johnny said? Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, he called him out, I guess. No, um, <laughs> la- yeah, last year, a couple of us went down, um, tried to find a couple of rivers, and we didn't really know what we are doing. This year, a couple more fishermen on the team, apparently, and, uh, you know, go to, you know, Cabela's or Fred's and, and get some get some stuff going. A lot of guys have spent a lot of money, let's just say that, on, on tackling gear and, and haven't caught anything, so... I think maybe that's maybe that's what he's what he's getting at, but um, no, a couple guys have caught some big fish. I know uh, Wadi's been great at it. Um, I think Locks has caught a couple, so uh, it, it's fun. But you know, hopefully it doesn't get too cold, so we can keep going. But um, yeah, no, there's a lot more fishermen this year. Being out here with the Fraser River so close, I, I think I talked I talked with you about this last year a little bit about sturgeon fishing. Like that's still got to be on the list for you guys here to get together and go and get one of those because I'm sure oh, yeah. as a guy grew up fishing, I mean this sturgeon fishing to hold a, a seven foot fish has got to be on the bucket list, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I know. After we talked um, last time about, it, I know there's a, a couple people that reached out um, about you know maybe taking us as a guide or whatever. So. Uh, we talked about it as a team, and we were planning to do that before um, it got cold, November, December. But it uh, looks like that time might have passed. I'm not too sure what, what it's like now, but it's definitely on our bucket list for, for after the holiday. So I think I asked you this last year, but or, or I asked a few of the players this last year, who do you think would be the most <clears throat> scared to hold a seven-foot sturgeon? Because you get together, you hold the fish. Like Maybe some guys are going to be afraid to go near the mouth. You know, On this team, this Outdoor Canucks team, who do you think would be the most scared to hold a sturgeon? Uh, man, <laughs> I don't know. That's such a that's such a tough question. Um, <laughs> I think there's two ways I can go about answering that, but I'm not. I'm not going to bring my buddies. I'm not going to say that. But, All right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of the maybe one of the Euro guys. I think um, I don't know if they've ever fished or held a fish. So maybe, I think Clemmer would be kind of funny to watch hold a fish. Yeah. I think that'd be real funny actually. Um, but no, everyone seems to be you know into fishing and, and wanting to do it. So it'll be it'll be uh, that'll be kind of interesting. Hey, we were, we were pretty happy to see, uh, speaking of Klimovich there, when we were out at the Young Stars tournament, he was able to do a full interview uh, in English this year. How much more comfortable yeah. is he looking now after, you know, having a summer of staying here in Vancouver and really just kind of, you know, learning what it's like to, you know, have a summer in North America and speak <clears throat> the English language? How much different is it from last year to this year, at, especially at the start of the season, do you think, with him? Yeah, it's it's night and day. I know when I first came in and I saw him and, um, you know, got to talk to him. It's, it's night and day how, how how good his English has gotten. So uh, it's impressive. I know if you know if I ever went to Russia or went to a different country or whatever and had to learn a language, I know it takes me a lot more time than that. So uh, he's he's pretty dedicated to to learning. And I know there's times we'll be in a conversation with someone else and he'll overhear a word and he'll he'll ask what it means and then you know you got to kind of explain to him, but then he'll get it. You know, the next day. So. Uh, it is impressive. I, I will give him that. It's hard to do, and, and he's been really good at it. Well, Jet, we appreciate you joining us here, and sorry for putting you on the spot with the fishing question. <laughs> I know it's a tough one to answer. but <laughs> That's thanks. no problem. That's no problem. <laughs> appreciate you taking out the time. I know you guys got another big weekend here hosting games at the Abbotsford Center, uh, and we'll be out there Friday to check you out, man. So best of luck this weekend. Awesome. Okay, thanks for having me. You betcha. There he is. Jet Wu, defenseman for the Abbotsford Canucks. Good little chat there, and he mentioned it. Your boy, Quads, Archer Stilov's much better this season, uh, making improvements as the young goaltender. Yeah. Should I bring it up that uh, yesterday, I was talking about the 10% of people who hated the Demko take. There were people out there that were like, well, who's going to step in and win games? And I like, you're not understanding the take. But you know what? The, The most fair criticism I think that take got and not to immediately change it to goaltending here, but the most fair criticism that got was, well, goalies like Demko are hard to find, and you don't have anybody ready to do that even within three years. Because I was saying, like, this doesn't have to be a long rebuild. This is a quick, you know, retool, and you can kind of see what your team actually looks like when it doesn't have elite goaltending. But someone made a good point. There's no guarantee that Archer Silovs, as much as it pains me to say it, Mm -hmm. that Archer Silovs is going to become, you know, an NHL starter within three years. There's no guarantee of that. But again, like the take was also taking into account that you really do trust Ian Clark to, you know, after a few years working with someone, try and turn them into, you know, a 
higher caliber level of goaltender. Cause again, that's all Ian Clark's ever done in his career. Um, so again, I'm sure it would be a challenge. I'm sure it wouldn't put the Canucks in the best spot to win games right away. But again, like, you know, you don't want any more quick uh, shortcuts and retools. And again, Yako pointed out in the chat, as I yep. said that out loud, he said, <laughs> no, 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 no quick shortcut retools anymore. He literally said that as I said it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just, I just wanted to get that in there. Yeah. And uh, quickly wanted to just mention as well, all of our guests brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic and quads. I got, uh, I, I just ordered another Pokemon card the other day. Do you want to see my newest Pokemon card here live on the stream? You ordered and it's there already? That's got to be Zephyr Epic shipping. Okay, what do you got for us? You've got a Zapdos. Yes. Is that the 99 edition? That is an original wow. that's Zapdos. A, that's a nice looking card. Oh, it's beautiful. I added to the collection there. Um, all right, let's, you, you mentioned goaltenders there. I know you said you don't want to dive into goaltender talk, but we can see next thing there uh, on the bottom, the little ticker there. You can move it forward, Alex. There he is. Alex loves that. It's his favorite thing to do. Uh, moving to the next thing, Spencer Martin's season, uh, which we saw Spencer Martin today. Uh, I saw him chatting with Ian Clark before, and then I, I look behind me. Kevin Woodley's like, hey, if you're getting that talk from uh, from Ian Clark, you're probably starting. He was also the first goalie off the ice, and later confirmed by Bruce Boudreaux, Spencer Martin getting into the net tonight. I don't want to say I called it quads, but uh, I did call it. You did call it. I Honestly, I can't even deny it. You did call it. Um, I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And again, like, I wanted to get this in there because I brought it up on a recent recent show that we did, but I had a pretty lengthy chat with Spencer Martin after that game against Pittsburgh, and it means the world to this guy to be trusted to not only be Thatcher Demko's backup, but to get games in and play to a level where the Canucks can get wins. Now, I am not trying to say at all that there's a goalie controversy or anything like that. All I'm saying is that it means a lot to Spencer Martin that he's not an automatic loss when he goes in uh, and plays games. Like that's all he wants to do. All he wants to do is provide this team with good goaltending when Thatcher Demko, who, you know, like, sure, he's had, he's had a tough start to the season. I understand that, but Thatcher Demko is a world-class goaltender, right? So if Spencer Martin can hold down the fort while Demko's out of the net, and again, like Demko's struggling right now. So in a way, Spencer Martin's picking up Demko in a bit, in a way, right? And again, like, you know, we'll see how he does tonight against Anaheim, but Spencer Martin has done nothing but get points when he's in the net for this team. And he's had strong showings this year too. Like he's only had two starts, but again, like he, he mentioned, and he, like he's a, he's a competitor, right? He mentioned to me that, you know, it sucks to lose that game in Columbus because it was right there. And he was really kicking himself for that Johnny Gaudreau goal where he totally lost his post. He, you know, he, it was, it was an error. It was an error on his part. Johnny Gaudreau's a great player, but Spencer Martin's got to have that save. And he knows that, right? Um, and, you know, he's not, I'm not trying to say that he's, it's eating away at him, but you know, he said like, I was really frustrated about that Columbus game because I felt like we were right there. Like it was right there and we could have won. And again, it went to OT. They got the point, but Spencer Martin wants that win. He's going to go out and try and look for that win tonight too. Yeah. Still no losses in regulation. Like you brought up Alex, you can pull up the stats here uh, for Spencer Martin this season. Just a couple of starts on the year. But I, I have found it interesting, and something you just said there uh, kind of uh, triggered something. With it's just like you want to watch this relationship between these two goaltenders grow, right? Like Spencer Martin's going to be here for two years. Everything that he's done at the NHL level points to me that like this is going to be his spot as the Canucks backup for at least the time in his contract here. Like he hasn't fallen off completely at some game. The game against Pittsburgh, he was excellent, making thirty four saves on thirty five shots. You know, gets them a win in that one. And listen, you brought it up. Like, I don't think it's going to be a controversy between these two goaltenders at any point unless things really change over the next kind of two months here. But to have Spencer Martin be able to come in here and just look like a backup, right? Look like a, a decent backup. The Canucks are paying this guy nearly the minimum to, to play for the next two seasons. I mean, if you look at it, like the Canucks is goaltending uh, and what they make on the cap is incredibly low. They're just over $6 million for what they're getting from Thatcher Demko and Spencer Martin this season. Uh, and if Martin's able to just, I, I just think that like from all we saw from Spencer Martin last season, all he needs to do is have like six to 10 starts that were that quality this year. That's all he needs to do. He doesn't need to be as good as he was last season in 20 games that he gets into this season. Just have like a maximum of 10. If he can have 10 starts where he's just good, I think you're completely happy with that in the backup position that you're getting from Spencer Martin because when Spencer Martin is good, 
he's actually very damn good in the NHL when he plays well. I don't think it's going to be the thing that we're going to see. We're not going to see a 955 save percentage as he goes through his NHL career. But heck, if he's able to do that, like I said, six to ten times throughout the season and get you, you know, five to seven wins in those ten games where he plays good, that's all you're asking from a backup, especially when you have Thatcher Demko as your starter. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out Curtis Sanford. I know he's kind of going through it right now with what's going on in Toronto with the Maple Leafs, where he's now the goaltending coach there. But shout out Curtis Sanford. Like Curtis Sanford spotted Spencer Martin when he was playing for Syracuse and Curtis was with the Utica Comets at the time. Like it was Curtis Sanford that first floated Spencer Martin's name to Ryan Johnson, right? right? As somebody that, hey, maybe if we could get this guy. That might be good. And then, you know, it was Curtis Sanford that developed him too, right? And again, um, you know, the proof's in the pudding with the Ian Clark kind of system because that's what Curtis was teaching uh, Spencer Martin. But again, like, you know, obviously some some credit needs to go to Ian Clark as well. But Curtis Sanford, like, shout out Curtis Sanford because he found this guy. He thought he could do something with him and he did. Like, he developed Spencer Martin into an NHL goaltender. And I know Ian Clark's going to get a lot of the credit, but Curtis Sanford really does deserve some kudos here. And that's going to be the interesting thing. Obviously, watching Ian Clark work, work with goaltenders here in Vancouver, we know what he can do. And, and you brought up the thing about Demko yesterday, if that triggers a rebuild. It's going to be interesting to see how things play out over the next couple of weeks here. Uh, I think there's a lot of good energy around the rink today uh, because of Kevin BX tonight and all that stuff. But it is going to be, you know, that could change very quickly if the Canucks are down 3 nothing after the first period, right? Like this, you could start to look towards real change is actually happening soon. And I know you brought it up yesterday that maybe you don't have to wait for another loss because how long has it felt like for Vancouver Canucks fans of just saying like, Hey, you know, if they lose again tonight, tonight's the night things change. And then they happen to win that game. It'll be interesting to watch how things play out here a little bit, but I wanted to quickly dive into one thing from the lineup a little bit. Um, and it's the, the line of Kizmenko, Pedersen and Mikheyev who listen all season long, I think Kizmenko and Pedersen have been an excellent pairing together, right? I think that that, that duo specifically has looked really good. Mikheyev's been a part of that line as well. Um, but I do have some stats from that, from the Kizmenko, Petey, uh, Mikheyev line that we can get Alex to pull up here. found it pretty interesting that it's not really about Mikheyev being a guy that's helping that trio so much. So I'm curious, Quads, is there another player that you might want to try in that spot? Because to me, they're using JT Miller on that first line, right? Would you not want to make Pedersen's line your top line and maybe put Miller there instead of McKayev? Are you going to get more offense out of that? Because looking at that trio together, they've got a 46% or I guess 47% Corsi when they're playing together. But without McKayev, nearly 65% Corsi for that. The scoring chance numbers are up. The goals are up. The expected goals are up. I'm curious if you want to load up some offense with Pedersen and Kuzmenko and maybe go with a different option instead of Mikheyev, who Mikheyev might look good on, on Horvat's wing as well. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on here if you think they should roll with Mikheyev or if you have another option to maybe play with Pedersen and Kuzmenko at 5-on-5. Five five. I think it's hard to find one other than JT Miller. Like, maybe if it's Leapod Colson, but he's not really going right now and the ice time kind of reflects that. Now, I, I'm willing to listen to the argument that the ice time... Or, sorry, his performance is the reflection of his ice time, if that makes sense. Like, it's a result of him getting a little ice time. But I also think there's, you know, it's it's not so black and white. I think there's the truth is somewhere in the middle that he's getting low ice time because he's not playing at his best right now. I think Pud Colson's going to be fine. But I think one way to get him going would be to play him with Andre Kuzmenko and Elias Pettersson. So, you're right. JT Miller's, you know, a fine option there. He's an offense first guy. You know, he's better on the wing. I understand all that. He's had success playing on the wing when Elias Pettersson's on his line because he's able to take those face-offs for Pettersson, something Pettersson's not super strong at and Miller's actually pretty good at. So they kind of make that defensive switch, right? It works. It's, it's a proven method and it works. So yeah, I think that's fine. But I also think getting Pod Colson going is matters too. And a way to do that is potentially playing him with Kuzmenko and Pettersson. Uh Question in the chat, what about when Besser gets back? Is that an option to go with there? And where would Mikheyev maybe go if Besser goes in that spot? Because I, I think that you want to you want to load up some offense there. And I, I like I like Mikheyev. I think he does a lot of things well. But I don't think he's the finisher that maybe you want with, like, because Manko's impressed me with his passing. And Pedersen, we are obviously know about what he can do as a playmaker. You know, if you have a Miller or a Besser, when Besser's hopefully back to 100% healthy or at least close to 100%, and can finish, I, I like 
both of those options a little bit better. I'm curious to see maybe if Connor Garland even is a mix in there because if you want to keep a little bit of speed, you know, Garland's quick at least, right? And Mikheyev, I know he's got that that top-end speed that you like, but I'm just kind of curious that maybe they aren't giving the Pedersen-Kuzmenko the best spot to succeed by not giving them the best offensive players at 5-on-5, five five, like a JT Miller, like a Connor Garland, or like a Brock Besser when he gets back healthy. I just don't think Mikheyev is that points producer that you want playing with your top two, with your top duo, really, at creating offense at 5-on-5. Five five. It is Pedersen-Mikheyev, to me, that has been the best duo this season at creating offense at 5-on-5. Five five. The points might tell you a little bit differently, but from just watching these games, looking at the expected goals from the analytics side, comparing my eye test to what the analytics are saying, I don't think there's a better duo at creating offense at 5-on-5 five five right now than Patterson and Kuzmenko. Yeah, you said Mikheyev there, but you you did mean Kuzmenko. Right, right. So wanted to clarify that just for the listeners that would go back and uh, get on you about that. But yeah, you're right. Like that's the best duo. And now it's time to find the third guy, right? Like yeah. you're not splitting those two up, or at least you definitely shouldn't be, but you know, and now it's about finding the third guy. And again, it's going to be a process, but I don't think Ilya Mikheyev's that guy. No. And it'll be interesting to see what he looks like. Maybe with Horvat. All right, let's get to our prospects report. Blow it up, Alex. Here we go. We got a goal and you know who it is. Someone tell Patrick Alvin. Uh, Philip Johansson, he scored today in the SHL. Let's have a look at it from the point on the power play. Nice little wrist shot right into the top corner, right into the top corner. We got a view of it here in the back. Philip Johansson continues to roll in the SHL. Real nice shot today from the point on the power play. So good to see that. Um, you know, he scored a lot in the Champions League. His SHL goals hasn't been as high as maybe you hope if you want a player that, you know, is coming over to North America next year, as Patrick Alvin told us, but good to see him get another goal today so that's all that we got for the prospects report Yanni Yermo he ended up playing today as well didn't do anything I think his team lost two nothing so that is our prospects report for the day let's get to the Betway wrap up and I said it I've said it before this like this episode I said it before we are absolutely crushing on Betway right now quads are you even there still are you gone Oh no, he is oh, yeah. still there. Sorry, it was prospects report. Okay, so I, I thought the I thought that was Lou for a second. All right, we've crushed this week on Betway. All three bets have hit, so we're rolling with this one again today. This is an easy one. Betway, Betway, Betway. Um, play responsibly. Nineteen plus. Uh, Anaheim Ducks to score a power play goal. You're getting that at minus one hundred five. It's kind of expected to happen, I think, with the Canucks having uh, a sixty percent. Uh, effectiveness right now killing off penalties which is not good uh, if you don't know hockey that's not good um, and as well the second bet we're doing I've like plus 1700 on the value here for the Canucks to win but Miller and Zegers to both have a power play point tonight plus 1700 okay we hit a plus 1700 just a couple days ago for Betway 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 and like this one feels good too because JT Miller obviously puts up a lot of power play points Trevor Zegers has been a part of every single goal that the Ducks have scored, and I know that's only two on the power play, but he's been on, he's either scored or assisted on both of their power play goals this season. I think the Canucks are going to let up a power play goal. I think the Canucks are going to win, and I think Miller's going to get one here at plus 1,700. I love, love that bet for uh, for Betway, Betway, Betway. All right. All right, well, I've learned to stop doubting you and your insane bets. I know, I got an email. Do you have a score prediction? Well, I got an email from uh, the company, and they're like, hey, uh, maybe you should stop putting up these long shot odd bets. And then I, you know what I you saw what I sent back. I said, "Oh yeah, maybe I would if they if they stopped hitting. Maybe I would, but I'm hitting these seventeen hundred pluses. That's what I said right back to the company. So didn't get a reply after that. So that way's mad at me. You've but got whatever. two prospect questions. You've got two prospect questions in the chat. Yes, um, have I, you seen I, I took David note of them because I don't brother. I don't know I don't know uh, I haven't watched these players yet. I'll be honest. I'm not going to fake it like I have. I, I haven't watched these players. I've The only draft picks that I've started to look at for next year um, are a couple guys out of the uh, Swedish J20 League. Um, so I'll report on that when I need to. Okay. But, um, no, I haven't looked at those okay. players, and, and we'll I'm not a... the type of person who just says that I have because I haven't watched them. So I'm not not doing that. Yeah. But I got to we'll get a Lekaramaki deep dive. Last uh, thing in I got episode. before you, you can close out the show. But last thing I got is I just want to show that uh, that beautiful. Zapdos card one more time here. Oh, it's so beautiful. This card's older than you, Quads. It's in the base card. I got it in the mail yesterday. Super happy about it. Add it to the collection. I like my base set uh, Pokemon cards. That's all I got. All right. 
Fantastic. Well, we did this remotely and we did it pretty well. Our thanks to Jet Wu for joining us. Oh, he was so good. Chris Faber and our technical producer. He was our technical producer, Alex Lard. My name is David Guadrelli. This has been a comfy edition of the Canucks Conversation. More Jet Wu! Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.